Okay, good morning, everybody. Hope everybody's well. Happy Monday. For those that are with me live, for those that are with me any day of the week, thanks so much for tuning in. I'm curious what you guys think about Sunday. Send me a text or a note or an email, charlie at charlieharari.com. Let me know if you like Sunday or not like Sunday. I can't tell. I'm good for Sunday. I just can't tell if people like the fact that we're on on Sunday or not, as it throws people off. Thank you, Denise. Got our first vote. L'chaim to those that are starting their coffees. Think of this is not the first one, but it's still a good one. So yesterday we were talking a lot about this idea of fast acting. The concept of what zeal really means and how we have to push ourselves when there's a new opportunity, because what happened if we don't is we will condition inaction to ourselves. But the reason why we have this trait called zeal, this trait called enthusiasm is because it is a antidote to learned laziness. You're not born lazy. Nobody is born lazy. Nobody. Nobody. Go to a kindergarten. Go to a kindergarten across the country. You're not going to see kids like this is so stupid. You're not going to see like two-year-olds. Like, I don't want to play that game. There's no way. Kids are rocking. You learn laziness. Laziness is something that you get over time. And the reason why you get it is because when we experience a challenge that is in front of us, we teach ourselves that maybe I shouldn't do it. And when you teach that to yourself enough, you condition that huge wall in front of you, which then ultimately you allow yourself to justify. And then ultimately that becomes normal. So you go from like three-year-old rocking. Yesterday, we, um, we went somewhere yesterday and I saw these two kids and it was amazing to me. And because I'm thinking about it, like I'm paying attention to it, but I bet you anywhere you go where you see kids, you'll see this. And I was, there was a family there. And there was like a whole bunch of ages in the family. And like the teenagers like chilling on the couch or outside the outdoor couches. And like the, the, the tweens or the, 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 you know, the 10 year olds are like playing on their electronics. And then like the three to four year olds are just like running everywhere. They don't even walk. You ever notice that like three-year-olds don't have like walking, they're either sitting or they're running. Say, go get me something. And you went for someone who's three, they don't walk there. They run there because that's just how we're all built. We're built to take on the world. We're built. We have the soul we were built to do. And as you get older and you start to cool, to try to be cool, which means you, you start to look at the world in a way that um, you pull back a little bit. You condition an action, which then breeds laziness, and then it creates a trait. And now to circle it back, when the light shines within you, right, that soul, that infiniteness, it shines through the glass. Remember we spoke about this idea, this part of the stained glass. It shines through the stained glass, and we painted it, you know, black. 
we've darkened the wind, the, the mirror, we've darkened the glass. So as opposed to clearing it, we've we've blocked it. And as a result of blocking it, it just feels like we can't. That's not true. That's just the lack of infusing enthusiasm into what we do. So the first act, the first aspect of this is what we discussed is this idea of fast acting. And yesterday we discussed putting this on in our journal because we're going to start building together for those that are with us. We're going to start building like a clarity as to what a journal should look like. There is a concept of writing whatever you're thinking, and that's a great conditioning mechanism. But as we grow together, we'll grow towards the use of an actual journal. And the way you use an actual journal is you start to track your traits. The way a great coach uses game film is he finds actual traits, right? If you watch sports, you will see, and if you follow sports, you will see that great coaches will sit with a quarterback and they'll have experts around the quarterback and he will watch a game film. That's something that happened yesterday a week ago, a year ago, and show him that the traits, right? Stepping back, how to use your feet, how to throw a ball, how to find a defense. These are all physical elements of being a quarterback. So if you can analyze what takes place at the professional sports level is coaches have managed to break down playing a game into its bare elements And then they review how somebody does again and again so that he sees his performance through the prism of elements, how I throw, how I, you know, stay in a pocket, how I use my feet. When you're a novice and you look at a game, you go, oh, he's at the quarterback. When you're an expert, you go, wow, what happened to his feet there? What happened to his elbow? Why did his elbow go out when he threw the ball? The review that takes place at the expert level is in the in the barest elements. That's what we're trying to do here together. We're trying to identify elements of what we all have inside us and then write them down so that we can create our own version of game film. Because, I mean, there is a film, I guess, but like we can't access yesterday's game film and watch it. So we have to write it down and memorize and memorialize it. So I can go, so we can go back to it and go, okay, in this specific trait, how am I doing? And then when you put all those traits together, that's called the great life. So yesterday we discussed this idea of the trait of, of enthusiasm, of zeal, and the subcategory of that trait being fast acting. And so one of the great practices that we should be doing on a daily basis is saying to ourselves, what am I going to do today that I don't want to do, but is small enough that it's not going to throw my whole day, but it'll condition the ability to act with zeal every single day. It won't throw my day to make one phone call, to, to, to leave one voice note, to, make, um, to send one email, to return something or call that I should make, to, to do something I didn't want to do, to introspect to pray to do the journal that's a great thing i don't journal i should journal i don't journal i should journal so i don't have time okay to get up earlier 15 minutes earlier these are all little things that we can do every single day something and it can be the same thing but it's every day and in every day you're battling this one trait you're conditioning this trait into your life 
There's a guy named Jaco Willenick. I think I spoke about him once before. He wrote a book called um, Extreme Ownership. He was a Navy SEAL. I remember once seeing a, um, an interview with him. And he said that he wakes up at 4.45 every morning because he wants to start the day with a win. Like, great. You just want to start. When you get up at 4.45 in the morning, you're, you're, you're starting the day off right. You won already once. You're not rolling out of bed at 8.30. It's 4.45. The, the entire year, it's going to be dark in the morning at 4.45. And when you start that way, you begin with the win. And what he's getting at is this concept. He wants to condition zeal. He's not going to say it, but I'm, I would believe it. In his life, and every day, the first thing he does is battle laziness versus action. And he begins his day winning. Rob, right. McChrystal, I believe his name is, who had the idea of making your bed. Right. Thank you, Rob. Every day you do something. Now, when you memorialize it in your journal every single day, you begin the process of creating your own game film. Now, before we get to the second part of this, which maybe we'll do tomorrow, which is maximum strength, because zeal, remember, we broke down zeal into two components. We have fast acting and maximum strength. I want to sort of finish this up because this will apply to everything else that we're doing, especially tomorrow. If you're playing the game here of memorializing your activities, whether it's in the journal or in your head, I believe it's in the journal, but if it's going to stop someone from working, do it the way you got to do it. When you get to a point where you're changing yourself, along the way, you're going to find something. You're going to hear the voice. Now, we spoke yesterday about this voice of laziness a little bit, but let's understand what that is. So in Jewish theology, we believe, and this is a complex concept, so I'm not going to do it justice right now like this. There's something that, in order to create, well, let me just break it down. Okay. God created the world. And the greatest thing that we as individuals can do is connect to him. And the way you connect to God is you resemble him. Because in the physical world, connection is physical proximity. In the spiritual world, connection is resemblance. If somebody uh, wants to connect to their great-grandfather who passed, the way they do it is that they act like them and they feel connected to him because that's what my great-grandfather would have done. That's why there's such a huge push in, in, in all religions, but in specific in my, know, my knowledge is in Judaism, but in all religions for family customs and traditions and, and, and communal customs and traditions. It because, it's because it connects us to each other. That's what my grandmother, we still have it in our family. My grandmother, she should rest in peace used to put out sugar. You know, there's a custom that we have that during the time of Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, we would dip our bread in honey because we want a sweet year. My grandmother would do it in sugar. I don't know. That was her custom. The Sephardim, you do either or. I guess in Syria, they did it in sugar, with sugar. In my house, to this day, I dip in sugar. On, on Rosh Hashanah, I dip in honey. That's it. After Rosh Hashanah is done, it's only sugar. Because my grandmother did I love my grandma. I miss my grandmother. 
She passed away when I was in my when I was 19, 20 years old. And I grew up with my, my grandmother. And I miss her. And I love her. And every time, every year that I dip my challah in sugar, I think and I'm connected to my grandma. That was what she did. I resembled her in this small little way. Still. The way we connect to the creator of the universe is we resemble him. And what the creator of the universe has is choice. He can choose good or evil. He's all good, but he could do ever anything. And the, what we have in this world is choice. It's called free will. And we'll get there. There's a trait that we'll talk about called free will. That's another time. Which means everything has to be fair. Now, since feeling doing good feels good, to be fair in this world, there needs to be a counterbalance. Evil needs to be allowed to exist. Inside me, there needs to be a... A, a pull towards doing the wrong thing because otherwise I would always do the right thing, right? If broccoli tastes as good as chocolate, we don't. why would we ever have chocolate? It has to be fair. Chocolate has to taste better than broccoli because now you have what tastes good or what is good and now there's balance and now you can make a choice. If what was good tasted good, initially, ultimately it does, but you have to work there. Ultimately in life, when you marry spiritual and physical, you get everything, but it can't be in, in, immediately. You have to make a choice. So usually what tastes good immediately and what is good is usually separate. And you look at the whole world like that. So there's a counterbalance to our lives. In theology, it's called an evil inclination. And whether wherever you are in the scale of how that works, at least you, we can look at it as, you know, old neuroplasticity. So on the scale of what that voice comes from, whether it's old neuroplasticity that I'm changing or the evil inclination that is really the counterbalance that always keeps me having to be challenged, regardless of the source, which we can talk about more one day. The point is that you're going to hear a voice. And that voice is going to say things that are in direct contradiction to the trait that you're working on. And you have to be aware of the voice. And if I were you, I would, I would memorialize the voice, the rationalization of laziness. And you have to look forward to the voice and you have to anticipate the negative voice. When you play in a sport, and I'm just, I'm sorry for those that are non-sports fans, stick with me. And you will be, I believe, especially in the fall, because the fall is the season of the greatest sport we have, which is American football. That's a sport. And I'm a convert from the love of basketball, but we could talk about it another time. There could be a whole show about the hierarchies of sports. Baseball, I will right, we'll talk about that. Sports in my world is directly correlated to the level of strategy that has to go into every single play. And there's no more strategic sport that we have today than moving chess, AKA football. And when you look at the game of football, you will never see a team line up and get annoyed at the fact that there's a defense in front of it. In fact, most of what a team does in football is study defense because it's not hard to catch a ball. Going in the backyard, when you if you go to the backyard with two adults that have been playing sports their whole lives and they take a football and they go to the backyard and they catch, they don't drop it. You rarely do you see two adults 
in their backyard, throwing the ball back and forth each other and dropping the ball. It's catching. It's not, it's not hitting a baseball 98 miles an hour. You understand what I'm saying? It's not shooting a puck on ice. It's catching a ball. Little kids do that. The whole game of football is the defense. And the whole brilliance of a coach is knowing is knowing what defense this is, but you will never see a coach get like annoyed. Like what? There's defense. What are they doing? Why are they trying so hard? It's not fair. Can you imagine? It's not fair. Why are they sending a blitz in? Like, are they trying to hurt somebody? But in life, when we play this game of, of life, we're like annoyed. Like, what is it that's in my head? Why is the voice telling me not to? Why, why is it hard? Because it's supposed to be hard. Because you're a professional. Because we're playing the game of, of life. We are professionals at life. God's like, what are you, joking me? You think football's important? Try life. That's really important. If you got, They're watching game film every Sunday. You should be watching game film every single day. You've got Your life is so much more important than any sport. I created life. People create sports. You can expect there to be defense. It's going to be a huge defense coming out against you. And the number one player against you is that voice. It's inside you. In fact, it was last week's Torah portion. Adam was created. Remember, Torah is not a history book. It's a lesson book. If it's, if it's written, it still applies. When Adam was created, he was created and sin was outside him. And he ate from the tree of good and evil. Well, when he did that, what happened was evil got inside him. And now it's here. Inside us is good and evil. Inside us is inclinations that pull us. But it has to always be fair. So when we drive towards good, there's going to be a counterbalance that's not good. I know these are complicated t- subjects, but let's stay just on this one particular area. That means as we start to grow in our muscle for fast acting, there's going to be a voice that says, don't do it. There probably is one right now. Probably if you've been listening to this over the course of the week and we've been talking about doing something, there's probably a voice that's telling you like tomorrow or it's too hard or I don't believe it. There's that voice. Telling you not to. You know what to do. When I say zeal, you know what that means in your life. You know the thing you got to do. So why are we doing it for? Because of the voice. It's too hard. I can't do it. I can't make it. The rationalizations of laziness. What I want to, well, how do we beat the voice? We got to memorialize it. How does a coach beat defense? He watches the defense. He knows that when they bring in four linemen and they drop guys behind, they're playing, they're, they're dropping back in coverage. Then he knows what a blitz, a blitz looks like. The quarterback stands behind his center, looks over and sees guys coming at him. He knows it's a blitz. He changes the play. If you can't see a defense, you can't fight against a defense. If we can't recognize the same voice, how are we going to fight against it? So how do you recognize a voice? You start capturing. That's what the journal's for. That's what the journal's for. When you commit to doing one thing a day in the area of zeal, and you track, and you spend time at night or in the morning saying what happened yesterday, why did I do it or did I not do it? Why? 
What, what stopped me? What defense did the evil inclination send my way? Oh, he sent you're too tired. I always fall for you too tired. Oh, he sent you're going to fail and be embarrassed. I always fall for the embarrassment line. Oh, he sent that it's not ever going to work. I love that one. That's a great defense. Those guys send those. He sends that in all the time. I always, oh gosh. What are they, what's the voice saying today? And you capture it. And then you figure out an offense to the defense. Next time I hear in my head, you'll fail. It's coming. Just push through anyways and see what happens. I did this with myself and I'll share with this and I'll continue talking about this tomorrow, this week, and we'll go through this. So I wanted to get up earlier than I get up. I've been working for a while on this. So whatever time I get up in the morning, I wanted to get up earlier. And I couldn't do it. And I kept up, my alarm kept on going off earlier and I kept on snoozing it to my usual time. And then I started to picture like what was in my head. And I realized it was because you're too tired. It's not going to work. You know, bad day. And I, I got the voice. And then I started to tell myself, wait, when you're up, how awesome does it feel that you're up earlier? Remember, the voice is coming at you in the morning. But if you push through, you're going to feel awesome. And it took me a week, week and a half. But as the alarm went off earlier and the voice came in and said, oh, I had a counter defense. I know it's coming. Don't listen to it. Keep on pushing and then reevaluate if you're too tired after you're ready up and out of the bathroom. And then you can go back to bed. And it worked. Not every day, but it works. We'll talk about this more. It's already 921. Okay. All right, everybody, keep it up. Keep up. Let's do it together. Keep it up. Journal or write or do something. How you feel after the workout, exactly. Do something. Find something that's going to be fast acting today and do it and memorialize it because we're going to start to build a defense against their defense. And once you outplay your, once you outplay the defense, that's when you can really win a Super Bowl. All right, have an awesome day. Thanks so much for joining us. And with God's help, I can't wait to see you again tomorrow morning.